All right. Well, as I said before, uh, today we are finishing up the Hope and Healing series this morning. And um, I just, again, want to just encourage you, if you need prayer in any of the things that maybe we've talked about in previous, uh, previously in the series, that you, uh, we would really encourage you to come and to seek prayer. We started this series by looking at the impact that sin has on our lives. And we, that was the first thing that we focused on in the series. And, and because I think that what we often tend to do is when we think about hope and healing, when we think about struggles that we have in our lives, I think often what we tend to do is we, we focus on the behaviors. We focus on the, you know, the surface things. Those, you know, oh, we're, our relationship is not going well, or our, we're having financial issues, or, or this tension at work, or whatever it might be. And so very often what we tend to do is we place all of our energy into addressing those surface things. And, and I'm not suggesting that we shouldn't do that, but I think what we've done sometimes is we neglect the deeper issue, the deeper surface stuff that, that goes beyond whether, whether it's you know, these things at the, at the forefront of our minds or whatever it might be, but it goes beyond all those things. And we need to address those, the sin that is either in our lives or the sin that is in other people's lives or just sin in general. And so we started this series by looking at that and saying that we must understand and we must recognize the impact of sin in our lives. Last week, we talked about the impact of guilt and shame and unforgiveness. And it was wonderful to see so many people come and just acknowledge that they have these and acknowledge that sometimes they struggle with guilt or sometimes they struggle with, with shame or they, they struggle with forgiving people. And man, I tell you, I've heard some wonderful, wonderful stories of people who came and just said, here's something I haven't addressed in such a long time. Guilt loves to keep us captive. Guilt loves to tell us, you know, that we're, we're these horrible, horrible people. And sometimes, you know, as we said last week, there's this there's objective guilt, like guilt that we actually have done. But then there's subjective guilt, the, the things that we feel guilty about that we maybe don't even need to feel guilty about. And then out of that comes either appropriate or in, inappropriate responses. And so sometimes we beat up ourselves about something that we feel we've done when we haven't done anything. And so this becomes a very unhealthy pattern. And so again, a number of people said that that's just me. That's just what I do. I blame myself for something and I, I'm, I'm guilt, I feel guilty about something and I treat myself in a very you know, um, disrespectful kind of way when no one else has ever even said those things about me. And then the last one that we focused on last week was unforgiveness. The power and the negative impact of unforgiveness. And again, what a beautiful thing to see people say, I'm going to forgive. I'm going to forgive what, was happened, what happened to me. But I think even more powerful was to see people say, I'm going to forgive myself for some of the things that I've maybe done to myself or some of the things that I believe about myself or the things that, that I did wrong at one point, but I can't seem to let go of it and I'm holding this against myself and I'm going to forgive myself and be free. So today what I want to do is talk about um, our minds, our thinking. And I think that many of us here, when we think about moving towards hope and healing, are going to almost immediately come up against our own way of thinking. And if we're not careful, our thinking is going to block what God wants to do in our lives. And so we need to spend some time this morning talking about 
the power of our minds. And I've entitled this sermon, Mind Your Hope and Healing, which sounds silly, but I have to give a title, and so there it is. But Mind Your Hope and Healing. Because I think sometimes when we don't think about, you know, or when we don't take time to think about how much power the mind has, we overlook the impact that it has. I'm going to be using um, resources pretty heavily from a lady by the name of Dr. Carolyn Leaf. And she has written extensively and taught extensively on this. And, and it just so happens that our life group is going through this material. And so, boom, two birds in one stone. Life group material and sermon prep. Thank you, life group. You guys have been excellent. And so I want to take some time and just walk us through how we can control our thinking and how we can, you know, um, have a better attitude and those kind of things. And so, again, thank you to Dr. Carolyn Lee for the resources that she has uh, written and taught on. So here's a quick little story. There's a, there's a story of a, um, of a, a successful CEO of a Fortune 500 company who pulled into a service station and, you know, and he asked the service attendant to fill up his car and so then he goes inside to pay. And while he's inside, he notices that his wife is talking to the service attendant person and he remembers <clears throat> that she used to date this guy. So he's inside, you know, watching the situation and seeing what's going on. And, and when he's finished paying, he goes back out there and he gets into the car and the two of them drive away in somewhat awkward silence, as you can imagine. But the silence isn't because he's upset. As a matter of fact, he's feeling, he's feeling pretty good about himself. Uh, he's, he's pretty confident. And so he finally speaks up and he says to his wife, I bet I know what you were thinking. And she's just quiet. And he says, I bet you were thinking you're glad you married me, a Fortune 500 CEO, and not him, a service station attendant. Kind of arrogant, you know, pretty confident. And his wife, you know, just quiet, and she just doesn't really say anything right away. But then, you know, after a little bit, she replies, and she says, no, I was thinking if I had married him, he'd be the Fortune 500 CEO, and you'd be a service station attendant. <clears throat> the power of thinking. And that's, that's a silly story, but I think all of us must have to recognize that our thoughts have power. How we think, what we think, have a tremendous amount of power over us. Whether our thinking is positive or negative, whether our thinking is healthy or unhealthy, the way we think about a circumstance, the way we think about even a subject at school is going to impact our behavior towards that or our approach towards that. And I think every single one of us here would have to acknowledge that there's been times in our lives where we went into a certain class or we went into you know, a conversation with a certain person and immediately we already recognize that there's a barrier. There's an invisible barrier that you're looking at going, why, it, why do I feel so whatever towards this person or towards this situation? And most likely if you would stop and you would allow yourself to reflect back, you would probably have to admit it's because you had a negative thoughts towards it, and because you already had negative thoughts towards it, you've already created a scenario, and we're going to get into this more, but you've already created a scenario for yourself, and now you're living it out when you, should not, when you would not need to be processing it the way you had. But because of the way you thought this through ahead of time, you are now either dealing with the positive or the negative consequences of your thinking. Your thinking can often or is often your greatest enemy. 
The thoughts you have will affect you. And toxic thoughts actually throw your body into stress. And you can, it can affect you spiritually, mentally, physically, <clears throat> emotionally, and obviously um, intellectually. If you do not control your thinking, your thinking will control you. When we allow our thoughts to go unchecked, think about that for a moment. How many of your thoughts go unchecked every single day? When we allow our thoughts to go unchecked, those thoughts become determining factors in how we view ourselves, how we feel, and the decisions that we make. So it's possible that the way you feel about yourself or the way you feel about something has been completely um, manipulated by your thinking and you don't even know this because you just allow your thoughts to go unchecked in your life. So someone said something and you just allowed your thoughts to just run wild. And now suddenly you've completely changed your view on something based on what someone said and because you did not take those thoughts captive as we'll look at later on, now your view on this thing is totally distorted. But if you had taken time to process your thinking, you may have been able to um, change the way you view. And so we'll, we'll look at that some more. Thoughts have the power <clears throat> to make a perfectly healthy person feel sick. You may have heard a hypochondriac. These are the kind of people who's, who, who constantly fixate, who are constantly fixating on illnesses and, and are you know, thinking about how they're going to be sick and, and boy, you know, what's this? Oh boy, I feel a little bit of pain and, you know, and what's going on? And so a hypochondriac becomes their symptoms. They have such an inappropriate preoccupation with the smallest physical problems that it gets in the way of normal living. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, according to George Pratt, a clinical uh, psychologist. Now, here's the interesting thing. I struggle with this. And here's what I think happens sometimes. I think our staff literally begin to make things up. They're like, I think Jonathan did this to me the other day on Tuesday. He's like, I don't want to worry you, Ike, but man, I'm not feeling very good. And so I'm like, all right, well, if it was Friday, I'd be worried about this, but it's Tuesday. I don't care. I can stay home the rest of the week, but on the weekend, what am I going to do? But here's the thing. Someone begins to think that they're sick, and all of a sudden, if they're not careful, they actually are physically sick. So you could almost say, I think I'm sick, therefore I am sick. Now, I've heard people do this, where a group of people will actually get together, and, and they're at a party, or they're at some event, and they'll go up to someone and say, man, you, you don't look so good. And they're like, oh, I feel fine. Another person comes by and says, you, you don't look so good. Are you okay? No, I, I feel fine. And then another person comes by and says, you don't look so good. Are you sure you're okay? Well, I, I don't know. And another person comes by and says, you don't look so good. Are you okay? Man, I feel sick. I'm going to go home and lie down. Now, I've never had that happen to me. Thank you, staff. But here's the thing. That is the power of thinking. People begin to plant ideas in your heads and you don't take those thoughts captive and you actually allow these thoughts to just run wild in your head and all of a sudden before you know it, you have actually convinced yourself to the point where you are actually physical, physically sick. Now that's obviously not true for everyone but there are some people out there that are like that. What kind of thoughts do you allow to race through your mind unchecked? What kind of thoughts do you allow to race through your minds unchecked? 
Are you allowing them to convince you of something that is not really true? What if we would commit ourselves to engaging interactively with every thought and analyzing it to see whether we should accept it or reject it? So ask yourself if, your thought, if this thought is good. The thoughts that you are having, the thoughts that are going through your mind, ask yourself, are these good thoughts or are they bad thoughts? And then you have the ability to make the decision whether to accept it or to reject it. So let me look at a few examples of thoughts that may run through your minds from time to time. And again, um, this is uh, material thanks to Dr. Carolyn Leaf. How many times have you maybe had these kind of thoughts? Here's what I could have done. Here's what I would have done. Here's what should have happened. Or if only this or this or this. Statements like this, when we make them, what we end up doing actually is we begin to say, I'm not responsible for that. I'm not, you know, it wasn't my fault. Or, or you pass the blame off to someone else. Or you begin to make excuses for what happened. And instead of taking, you know, ownership of what went, what went wrong or what happened, if only, if only, or if, you know, they should have or I should have or whatever it might be. And so by making these kind of statements, we begin to actually create a scenario that is not true to, to what actually happened. How many times have you played or replayed in your head a conversation or a situation that, was pain, that has pained you or one that hasn't even occurred yet? How many times have we allowed unchecked conversations that have pained us to just continue to run through our heads? Someone made a comment to you at work. Someone criticized you at work and all day long you've allowed that conversation to just hit replay. Or maybe you're worried that your boss is going to say something or you're worried that someone's going to say something. So you're allowing this thinking, what could happen, what could happen, to run through your mind unchecked all day long and by the end of the day you find yourself completely discouraged. How many scenarios have you created of the unpredictable future or about what could go wrong? What if this happens? What if that happens? What if I buy this car and it, it turns out to be no good? Or, or what if I try to talk to this person and they don't like me? And what if I try to make the team and I don't make it? And, and what if I this and what if I that? And you create this scenario in your head about something that could go wrong and about things that have not yet happen, happened. And, and now all of a sudden you find yourself responding to life as if though those things are actually going to happen. What kind of thoughts do you have about yourself? Think about that for a moment. When you think about yourself, what kind of thoughts do you have about yourself? What you like, how you look, decisions you make, friends that you have, the way that you're accepted, or whatever it may be. What kind of thoughts do you allow maybe to go unchecked and they run through your mind over and over and over? And these are about yourself. And suddenly you find yourself thinking things that are not actually true at all. Do you speak words to yourself that are harmful? Do you identify yourself with your problems? For example, you might say, I have depression. I have anxiety. I have a heart problem. I have this. I have back pain. I have on and on and on. And you, you say these things constantly out loud to yourself. I'm no good. 
I can't study. I can't do this. I'm not this. I'm not this. Or I'm this. Or I'm that. And when we are constantly saying these kind of either negative, usually negative things to ourselves, what actually begins to happen is your brain is hearing you and your brain begins to believe the things that you are saying out loud about yourself. And so it's very, very important for us to consider what kind of things we say to ourselves because eventually you will begin to believe yourself and your brain is going to reshape your thinking to fit the description of what you said you were. And like I said, often these kind of statements are negative. And suddenly now your whole thinking about yourself is based on a negative thing that you continuously say about yourself. So I want to give us three principles regarding thought. Three principles regarding thought. Number one, thoughts create your moods. Thoughts create your moods. Your thinking affects your mood. Your attitude, which will then begin to influence your behavior. And so we need to just recognize that your, your thoughts will create your mood. You may have woken up and said, man, it is a beautiful day. I have my coffee. Everything is good. And then you're like, oh, tomorrow I have to this. And boom, your day is junk. Your day is junk. Or you're whatever, you're driving to work and everything is fine. And then all of a sudden, oh, they still haven't fixed this pothole. And you just begin to focus on that. And it's been two months, it's been two years. And, you know, and you're just upset and there's tons of potholes everywhere. And, and all of a sudden you're thinking your perfectly good day is now complete garbage because of how you thought, the, thing, the thoughts that you had. So principle number one is that thoughts create your mood. Number two, fear-based emotions make you depressed and your thoughts will become negative. If you are creating fear-based scenarios in your mind, it's going to impact your emotions. You will become depressed because you will convince yourself that the scenario that you are creating is actually going to happen. And so you, you have these fear-based thoughts and, and you create these fear-based scenarios in your head, you're, you will actually become utterly discouraged and depressed because who wants to live a life where there's constant fear? And so we're always like, the worst case scenario could happen, the worst case scenario could happen. You will find yourself actually living a life of discouragement and depression because you have con your mind has convinced you that that's what the reality will be. A third thing is that a negative thought linked to an emotional turmoil will be distorted. And this is such a key one to understand. That a, ne a negative thought linked to emotional turmoil will become distorted. Let me explain what this means. Let's say you're, you're at the doctor and you're there with your, your infant and you, you know, your infant hasn't been feeling very good and so you're a new parent, first child. So you're already a little bit on edge. And so your doctor looks at your baby and within a few minutes says, you know, we're going to need to make an appointment at a specialist. At this moment, you are going to have to be very, very careful what you allow your thinking to do. Because now you have already an emotionally charged emotion or, or, or thinking linked now to a traumatic experience. Clearly something is wrong. If you are not careful, you will think the absolute worst. Everything in that situation will be distorted. My, my child's going to be you know, seriously ill or whatever it may be. So in those moments, we have to recognize that when 
we have a negative thought linked to an emotional term, uh, linked to emotional turmoil, we will have to be very careful because our thinking will be distorted. So in this moment, it's so important for us to consider what Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 says. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. Because in these situations, there will be times where we are just going to have to recognize, I'm not able to think this through. I'm not able to process this emotion. I'm not able to properly understand what's going on here. And so, excuse me, in this moment, I will have to just simply choose to trust in the Lord. Your attitude and your mood will affect the way you function. So it's very, very important then for us to understand um, how we can control uh, or have control over them. So let's think for a moment now about how do you control your thoughts? Number one, again, Dr. Carolyn Leaf, thank you very much. So I just want you to know this is, this is not my original material. Number one, she says this, you need to understand it's important for us to have an understanding of how thoughts are formed. Okay? The thoughts that you have do not come out of nowhere. The thoughts that you have do not come out of nowhere. And so it's important for us to understand how thoughts are formed. So it's important to know what, what kind of things are we feeding ourselves. Are we watching things? Are we listening to things? Are we part of conversations? Are we part of environments or, or, or whatever it may be? And these things are creating negative thoughts in me. Or, or, or distorted thoughts in me. Number two, recognize that we have the ability and the free will to sift through what we should or shouldn't think about. You have the ability. Don't ever allow yourself to think that you have no control over the thoughts that you have. You have the ability to sift through the information that your brain thinks through and, and to understand whether or not you should have those or you shouldn't have those. Number three, make a conscious decision to accept or to reject your thoughts. We can't control thoughts popping up into our minds, but we have full control about whether or not we will dwell on those thoughts. So when you have a thought pop into your mind, the first thing you want to do at that moment is say, this is not healthy, this is not beneficial to me, I will not continue to dwell on this. An easy example on that would be a sexual thought. You know, you're thinking about something and it's an inappropriate sexual thought and you begin to dwell on that and it's going to affect your mood and it's going to affect your behavior. So that moment, when that, when that thought pops into your head, at that moment to say, this is not something I should be thinking about and to choose to exercise your free will to say, I will not spend time focusing on that. And then number four, very important. Replace negative thoughts with positive ones. Build positive memories over top of negative ones. So maybe you're driving home from work and, and you've had a rough day and your thinking is very negative. Your thinking could maybe even be toxic. You, you're not happy with your boss or you're not happy with what happened at work or, or whatever it may be. And so here you are driving home and you don't want to be this negative kind of person when you get home. So what you can actually do and you have full control over this is to begin to think about something positive. And to take that memory and put it over top of the negative one. And to take a negative thought and replace it with a positive one. Every single one of us has the power to do that. 
So when we're driving or when we're thinking or when we're just whatever may be going on and, and we have these thoughts that are very negative, at that moment to say, no, 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 I know there has been some good things going on in my life. I will now choose to focus on those things. I will think about those things and I will replace my negative thinking with positive ones. Very, very important that we do that. This requires effort and practice and it's something that will not just happen on its own. It's, a, it's going to be a conscious decision that every single one of us must choose to make. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says, We demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So if Scripture says this is what you need to do or this is what they did, then we have to recognize that this is something that every single one of us has the ability to do. So let's, we've talked about um, attitude. Let's just unpack that a little bit more. Attitude plays a major role in how you will respond. Dr. Carolyn Leaf says, attitude is a state of mind that influences behavior. Attitude, hope, and free will are linked together. If your mind is full of negative emotions and thoughts, this is going to affect the hope that you have. If you're always thinking negative, and if you're never taking those thoughts captive, the potential that you think you have is going to be greatly limited. And so when you no longer have hope, you become pessimistic, you become discouraged, and this is going to affect, like I said, the possibilities that you feel that you have. Then your free will and decision-making ability begin to submit to this negative thought. I can't do anything about this. I can't accomplish anything. I'm not able to do this because you have allowed this negative thought to destroy the hope that you have, and now your free will begins to respond to that kind of negative thinking, and suddenly you have convinced yourself that there's nothing you can do, there's nothing positive about yourself, and because this develops an attitude, you actually begin to live your life with this rotten attitude that says there's nothing positive about you. I hope I haven't painted pictures of any of us here today. But think about people that you work with. Think about the people that are utterly discouraged, utterly hopeless, always, always negative. Most likely, this is the exact thing that's happening. They are giving in to their negative thinking, which has completely oppressed their possibility of having hope, and now their free will, their thinking, is responding to that and saying, there's nothing I can do. Attitude influences behavior. So if our attitude is a state of mind that influences behavior, you can probably judge the behavior by their behavior what kind of an attitude they have. So how do we then control our attitude? Number, three ways. Become alert. Number one, become alert. Become aware of your response to information. What I mean by this and what Dr. Carolyn Leaf means by this is when you initially have information come your way, just be aware that something happened there. You walked in the room and, and something about whatever didn't sit quite right with you. Someone made a comment. Something about that didn't sit quite right with you. Just be aware that that information is there. Number two, don't react to your first emotions. Back up a little bit. Analyze it. Figure out how you should respond to this because the reality is that your first emotions may not always be the best response. And then number three, control your thought. Decision making. Accept the good, 
by lifting, uh, you know, uplifting thoughts and reject the negative thoughts. And again, we talked about that you are able to do these things. And so let's wrap up by then looking at what are we going to do with this information? You and I will need to make the decision to take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. This is not going to happen on its own. You and I are going to need to today say, I am making this decision to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Because if we want to move towards hope and healing and we are not processing and working with the way we think of ourselves or the way we think about other people or, or the way we just tend to negatively think about everything, how will we eventually find hope and healing when we have already maybe convinced ourselves that there is no such thing for me? So we're going to make the decision to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Romans chapter 12 verse 1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So it's time for us to choose to transform our minds. Instead of thinking negatively or sinful, sinful thoughts, we will transform our minds to think about things that are pure and holy, positive and fulfilling. Make the decision today to think about positive things in your lives. Every single one of us has positive things. And maybe what you want to do is say, here are my list of five things. Whenever I begin to think about something that's negative, I will focus on these positive things. So for me, there's five simple things like, I'm a, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a Christian, I'm a pastor, I'm an influencer. Those five are very important to me because the negative thinking that I sometimes have is that I'm making no difference, that I can't do anything right. So as a husband... Obviously, that's an incredibly important role, and what a blessing. As a father, what an important role. As a, as a Christian, that's my identity. As a pastor, I have a chance to, to lead people. As an influencer, I have a chance to impact people. So whenever I begin to think negative things, those can be five simple things that I can focus on instead. What are your five? You're going to need to choose to put some things out there that you're going to be able to use to change how you think. We have the chance, or we have to change our thinking. So here's something that Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 4. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Stop thinking about the negative things. Stop focusing on a reality or a scenario or whatever you've maybe created that's destructive and, and that brings you down. We're told here, think about these positive things. So replace those sinful thoughts with positive ones. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1, and I'd invite the team to come up, says this, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, 
Do not, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Here again, we see that we do have control over our thinking. So I want to challenge all of us today to just accept and embrace today that we can control our thinking. We can control our thinking. It takes discipline. It takes accountability. It will take a lot of effort. But do not allow yourself to leave here today thinking that there's nothing you can do about the thinking or the thoughts that you have. You and I must leave here today saying that if I want to move towards hope and healing, one of the first things I will have to do is consider taking captive the thoughts that run or race through my mind. So this morning, I would just encourage every single one of us to make a decision to say that I will take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. If you're beating yourself up over negative thoughts that you have towards yourself, take those thoughts captive. If you're approaching life with already a negative view of your work environment or whatever it may be, take those thoughts captive. If you're, if you're living with hopelessness and you just think there's nothing positive about yourself, you don't like how you look, you don't like the way you're, you're this or the way you're this, or, or you don't like the fact that you don't have an ability in this area or whatever, and you're just constantly running those negative things through your mind, I'm challenging all of us today in order to move towards hope and healing to say, no, I'm taking those thoughts captive and I will replace them with positive ones. So today, in closing, I'm gonna encourage you again, if you, if you want prayer, I would love, and we would love to pray with you. And just, maybe this is something you're like, I have no idea how I'm going to do this. Would you come and let's just pray together and let's just encourage each other. And so it's going to be a little bit different than maybe in the last couple of services. But if you need prayer in this in any way, I would encourage you to come as these guys sing a closing song.